0: Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast, a podcast about front-wheel drive cars and uh, road racing in SoCal. And today we're doing our recap of the first competition event with the EG. Now, up to this point, we have been doing a lot of things to get the car ready. And there's been, you know, a lot of little growing pains, um... Some interesting stuff that we found from the dyno, and when we have numbers, data, stuff that you can actually look at and go, okay, this is kind of a good idea of where the car should or shouldn't be, are we really driving fast enough, or are we being just very, very slow? So the reason I'm using we is because today I, yet again, have uh, my fiancé with me. Hello, everyone. So, um before we start off, I just wanted to say like the previous podcast with uh Calvin and Ziggler about that trip to Japanland. Um Calvin did some really nice stuff with uh his blog on his channel. And you guys should go and check it out where we pretty much kind of narrate uh, a lot of the photos that he's going through, and um, it's a good way of visually checking, like, what we're talking about, and he's, he nailed it. He did a great job. Um, I think right now there's only two parts. His is a little bit more edited, so not, you know, not the entire conversation is there, but I uh, I love it. So check his YouTube channel out um, on Kelvin Areola. And also, I wanted to say thank you to, an accepted pod and ninety one octane. You guys like, I listen to you every every week, and you guys are always promoting my podcast. And uh, dude, like, that's awesome. Tony, Manny, uh, Randy, John, like, dude, thank you. So, thanks for supporting my little, shitty podcast. um, That's coming to you from my little clapped out civic. which is pretty much the Race FF uh, studios. So, um, on to um, our main event, which is uh, the Willow Recap. So, before we talk about the Willow Springs event, we have to give some data out. So, the car made power. We did a dyno test uh, in accordance with the time trial rules. And... When I was coming in there, I mean, this is a fully fresh, um, engine, um, block was redone by bad guys, head was done by Alanis, and there's no, like, trickery, there's no, like, you know, switching out various components for the other components, um, it's like a true, what what a true, fresh, good, um, healthy D16C6 would make. Which I was hoping for about 115 wheel and um, maybe like 90 um, 90 foot-pounds of torque. That's what I was hoping for. And, you know, like every other person who goes to the dyno, when, you know, you fall short of what your horsepower goals are, you're like, ah, damn. But then again... This car is pretty much one hundred percent stock, with the uh, only power adder being DC headers that are the four into one uh, one piece and K and n air filter where I actually need to clean it because I think it's really dirty. I haven't I haven't serviced <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so the car made a whopping one hundred and 11 wheel horsepower to the ground baby so <laughs> it's not even horses it's squirrels it's squirrel power <laughs> yeah but you know for this engine and i i, I mean obviously some people are going to be like wow 111 that's really low but you got to consider the fact that the car's not really um it's not it doesn't have an intake doesn't have an exhaust it still has a cat all of those things so the car made 115 11 I was hoping for 115 so four horsepower short which it's like eh okay whatever um but the thing that I was surprised with was I was pretty shocked at the torque torque came in at pretty much 99.99 which is 100 horse uh, 100 wheel uh torque On the car which was way more than I was expecting I was really going at 90 so yeah I'm four horsepower short of my um, horsepower goal but the fact that the car made uh, that much torque and it's uh, from two and a half uh, thousand rpm all the way to six thousand rpm uh, where the torque is so I'm very happy with that that um, was very surprising and, I mean, I was hoping for a 90, so having 10 foot-pounds of torque, more than you're expecting on a Honda, is kind of a big deal. So, while we are at the dyno, um, the guys uh, from Rocket Motorsports told me, hey, the car's running kind of lean. And, again, like I've mentioned many times before, I am not, like, a huge mechanic or some of the tuning stuff is really above my head and per honda challenge rules i'm not really allowed to do a standalone ecu or something that i can tune for so the only way that we're going to be able to fix that is to do the aem fuel pressure regulator and do that and give it a little bit more fuel and before anyone asks it's got a Walbro in it a wall Walbro uh two sixty five C fuel pump, uh, injectors were, as if you've been listening, you know that they've been sent to RC Engineering and are shooting at about two hundred and fifty CCs. So they're cleaned and balanced. New fuel filter. So all of the little choke points have already kind of been addressed, and that's that's pretty much it. With that, we. Well, I talked to the tuner, and I was like, well, what can I do? And then they're like, well, we kind of don't like running cars that lean. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to shove 100 octane into this thing and then uh, drive it. Because, I mean, this thing is tuned from the factory to run 87. And running 91, you're already, like, 4 octane over in terms of safety. So, like, if you're detonating or whatever. And at 100 octane eh, it hurt my wallet <laughs> I'll be honest that part kind of sucked but um it was like $50 for 5 gallons or something <laughs> uh, at the racetrack yeah. yeah but I added one of those like torco um fuel additives that uh bring your octane up and I only do that cause like my buddy John uh Lindeman from Corner Speed Tuning had um recommended that and those are like things that when he was in um, working with Cobb, he said that those actually produced uh, real results on their dyno. So we get to our event day, and we drove out there um, with the idea that we're going to be kind of following the same format of. I drive in the time trial series. Caroline is still in, was at the time, uh, running the HPD3, uh, group. So, um, that was the plan. And Caroline, you had the schedule printed out. So how, how was the scheduling like kind of, uh, set up for us? Like how many, how many sessions were you going to do versus me?
1: Yeah. So as far as the scheduling goes, one of the great things about NASA is breaking things out into time blocks. Um, so it broke down to the first session, um, you would get basically half or like two thirds. You basically needed to bounce off a couple laps early. Mm -hmm. So that way I could hop into the car to do my three session. Yeah. And then your second session would be your full TT and then also my full HPD three. And then the third session for your TT was also, I think a two thirds or half session. Um, to my full, and then the last session for your TT was also full to my full, so um, it was basically two sessions where you had to bounce off a couple laps early.
0: Yeah, and I mean, um, this is also trying to juggle the, the fact that I was instructing as well, so that makes it like a little taxing on me because you know having to run back and forth, and doing instructing it, it can. It can be a, a little bit, um it, well, I mean, it's work. It's it really what it uh, boils down to. But that was the setup that we've been uh, planning for, and it went out, I, I think the first day, we didn't have any issues aside from the hot tire pressures that you took.
1: Yeah, you gave me a
0: car that understeers all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened there was that... Um, We set up what our cold tire pressures were going to be. And like Caroline was saying, we were going to be sharing the car. So I would have to hop out of my time trial session a little bit quick so that she can just jump in right after. And what happened and what we learned was that whenever we do a switch, we have to bleed the tires uh, out of air because cold tires versus hot tires... It's uh, kind of a bad starting point to have hot tires that are probably like at 35, 36 PSI and then go out there. Because, I mean, in terms of performance, I, I thought the car handled well. What did you think?
1: Well, for my first session, I'm just like, huh, this isn't as sharp as it used to be. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, because of the tire <laughs> because pressures. Because of the tire
1: pressures. I yeah. They're coming in like a lap early going like, I think maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'm not mm. quite sure. And then we checked the tire pressures and they were like at 34 or something.
0: <laughs> I, I think actually when I checked the tire pressures, when you came in, they were like at 38. Oh, yeah. 38, like almost like closer to 40. So I was like, oh, shit, that's really high. Yeah. And then we realized, oh, we have to be diligent about uh, setting up the tire pressures before you go out. And when you told me that the car was understeering and I had just gone out there, I was like, well, what the hell? Like, I, I was surprised at how well the EG was uh, cornering. It was very uh, confidence inspiring. And I think at that point, I had um, Chris from Toge Fam- uh, Familia uh he's one of the guys that works with uh toge to track um i think he's been like specifically focused on the uh toge battle and yeah he came out there to help us so uh shout out to chris uh thank you very much i'll i'll be um getting the car smog soon so thanks <laughs> <laughs> i love you buddy um So, we went out there, and I drove the car, and I was trying to kind of make the car understeer, if you will, Um, and I pushed it a little harder in uh, turn two, and by that I mean while I was apexing um, the corner, I just, you know, I take the set, turn in, and I'm back on the gas and what I did was I kind of fed a little bit more steering input to see if that would cause the car to understeer or turn in and what I wanted to do was to make sure that you know we didn't have the same issue with the camber uh arm starting to loosen up I don't know if it was like something that happened where it loosened a little bit and that's where Caroline was getting some of the vagueness and Truth be told, it was the um, hot tire pressures. But within doing that, I dropped the passenger side tire closer to the apex in that big willow. Um, turn two, like right as you hit like this apex, there's a bit of asphalt that um, kind of cuts out from the edge and on that one the passenger side tire dropped and hit and i was like oh shit that sounded like not fun and i was like uh i don't feel like the car is doing anything weird i didn't feel any vibration or anything like that i'm just like okay i'm shocked there's no like i don't have a flat or like a big ass like bump on the tire but it felt fine kept driving we came in It looked fine, I didn't see a loss of uh, tire pressure or anything else, and that's where Caroline figured out that, oh yeah, we started her off with uh, bad tire pressures, way too high.
1: Yeah, other than that, the car felt pretty solid. Got out there, I'm like, okay, it's for session, I'm not going to be breaking any world records anytime soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just get my sight points in. Yeah, my turn-ins basically figured out all my shifting points, all those little things where you're just like, okay, quick refresher. And then go for it. So, yeah, the first, uh, the first session was just getting into the mental spirit of things mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of, okay, we're not daily driving. We're driving, driving on a track.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we went there with a decent amount of data from the previous Big Willow event. Mind you, it was a very... Uh, windy Day, that um, that previous uh, Big Willow event with uh, Togate to track, And in that one, we had, you know, Caroline and I going up against each other and trying to get um, a fast lap time. And on that lap time, Caroline did a 156.93 with a top speed of 94 miles an hour. And I did a lap time of 155.16 with a top speed of 100 miles an hour. So the goal for the Willow event was to get those numbers down. And one of the reasons why um, we obviously wanted to get the numbers down, obviously because we just want to go faster, but my biggest competitor in Time Trial 6, which is uh, where the car is currently classed, is Debbie Sharp. Now... Debbie is obviously not the fastest person out there, but she's incredibly consistent. And Debbie's driving her husband's, uh, well, I don't even know if it's fair to say if it's her husband. No, it's, it's a dual. shared car. It's a shared car. It, again, it's where I got the idea that, hey, you know, our setup would actually work is that, you know, Debbie Sharp does it. Why can't we? Um, so she's a good driver she's very very consistent she's very comfortable with traffic and i'll, I'll go door to door with debbie any day because yeah she's she's a, a great driver um she's not the fastest but i was able to go back in our nasa time trials um uh, kind of results and i saw that the last time we did uh big willow She had done a 147. So, me being at a 155, her being at a 147, uh, the gap was uh, just very, very significant. So, obviously, it's too much to ask for to be faster than her, especially since we're not on the same amount of power. Um... Big thing is tires because I'm a we're in REG, we're running the Toyo R888 Rs mainly because we want to have a tire that if it starts to rain, it has grooves and we could drive it to and back from the track. That's again trying to keep the cost of racing down. And um, she is on 225, uh, 5015. Toyo Double R's, which are 40 treadwear tire, the R888 R's are uh, 100 treadwear tires, so a significant amount of grip, and the fact that it's essentially 20 mil on each corner wider, it it really, really gives you that much more confidence on being able to stay flat and even not breaking for some of the corners, and yeah, so Let's get back to a little bit of uh, the setup in terms of uh, where the car is classed and how close I am, or we are, uh, to where the rules for TT6 would be. So when I was out there, I was able to get the car weighed with driver. And with NASA, whenever you're competing in time trials or spec series, they weigh you right after you get out of the car. Or out of the track with the driver in it. So that way it makes sure that you're meeting the minimum weight. So for instance, if you have a car that makes 150 horsepower. And you need to be at a minimum weight of like 2,500 pounds. That's with driver coming out of the track. So ideally when you go out on track, you might want to put a little bit more fuel to make sure that, that you have uh, the buffer to when you come back in that you're going to be close to that weight and they also have a mobile dyno that if you're not um, if you're not at that weight or if somebody wants to contest uh, that you're making like a little bit more power or whatever you know they're drag racing you and the competitor feels like that you're pulling away from them a little bit more than you should be that's the way to kind of keep everybody um, even and fair. So I was able to weigh the car, and the car's weight came in at 2,500 pounds and twenty five or 2,537 pounds. So for our class, <laughs> to give you an idea, um, you can kind of like adjust horsepower or, or adjust the uh, weight. Either way, you you have to come into a horsepower weight of, like, 18 to 1, which is 18 pounds to, like, 1 horsepower if I'm doing the weight thing uh, correctly. So, in our classification form, I just put a weight that I knew we wouldn't be at, which was 2,400 pounds. And at 2,400 pounds, I believe... Our horsepower would have to be like a hundred and thirty something, like a hundred and thirty-four or something. So well within uh the rules, um for Honda Challenge we'll have to get this car down to twenty two fifty with driver. So that's kind of a huge diet and horsepower would have to be closer to that one twenty, 120, one hundred twenty five mark. So Hopefully, with the add-ons of an intake and an exhaust, we can we can get those 9 horsepower we're looking for. <laughs> I hope. I don't know if that's going to be even um, possible to get that much power out of it, but who knows. Um, so, back to the driving aspect of it. The first day, it was kind of hard for us because it was still windy. And, like, again, this is really, like, what is it, my second time driving this car out on a track?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: And for you, it's... um, The the, third time. The third time. Yeah, because you you drove it at the NASA event where I instructed. Yeah. Yeah, so... When you first went out there on your first session, how how was it uh, dealing with, like, the group, the HPD3 group?
1: Oh, the HPD3-4 group got in trouble <laughs> the first <What>? day. Uh, <coughs> we were passing, there was passing happening under the uh, double yellows, so people were passing on the first lap, which is a giant no-no.
0: Oh, wow. Um, so I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, for NASA, the biggest thing is that they emphasize safety and kind of getting into the mental aspect of being on a racetrack. So for the first session, for the first lap, we run under double yellow. So no passing. You're running at, you know, warm up pace, um, just kind of getting into the speed of things. And then the second lap is when there's the green and, you know, it goes as a fully hot track. So yeah, we got reprimanded for a couple people passing on um, the back section. So uh, But that
0: wasn't you, right? No,
1: that wasn't. I'm too slow to pass anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the car the car does
0: well, it it handles very well. Yes, at, on a straightaway like pretty much anything with 150 horsepower is, is just going to rocket away from us.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the first session, other than that, went by beautifully well. Um, As far as the three, four groups I've run in through my history with NASA, this particular one was one of my favorites to date. Um, How so? Just it was a great group of people. Uh, We read each other's movements really well in terms of, like, okay, they kind of want to point by, or, like, this person's trying to get around me, or, like, this person's a little bit faster. Like, let me just kind of, like, hang out behind and study their line, things like that. So the communication aspect was really awesome in terms of um, drivers understanding each other, as well as being very alert of each other. So that was one where I'm just like, this weekend is going to be super fun. Um, It was a great group of guys. Uh, We had, there was a guy with a tvr something something it was like from the late 90s early 2000s i'm not sure on the specific model
0: those are pretty rare i I don't think i've ever seen one on the street
1: the only time i've seen one was when i was playing gran turismo in high school
0: (laughs) yeah i i I would probably say that's also that in like the top gear episodes where they would talk about the tvr cars
1: exactly and then we had some corvettes we had some mustangs so kind of like the usual mix of like Mm -hmm. higher horsepower things um, some things kind of in the middle, uh, there was a guy with, um, a BMW, I think it was a seven series. It was a total street car, but he wanted to track it and mad respect for that. Like everything was stock. Mm. Um, and he was, who was a lot of fun to follow and just kind of watch to see, you know, how the car behaved, things like that.
0: Damn, that's a big car.
1: Yeah, it was, it's a big car. And I'm like, this is like commercial material, like seeing that <laughs> car like go up the Omega and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think respectively, I was in the slowest, smallest car. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I think that's just going to be something we get used yeah.
1: to. Um, yeah, that first session was a lot of fun. Um, didn't, you know, again, didn't smash any records or anything like that. It was just kind of getting in the group of things. I think it was averaging like a one fifty nine, maybe two minute lap. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay, cool. I have everything ironed out, things like that. And then, uh, I brought the car back in, I want to say about a lap early, Just because I'm like, huh, this understeering is a little bit more pertinent than usual. So I'm like, is it a driver error on my part? Or Mm -hmm. is it a car thing? Let me just bring in the car to be safe. And that's when uh, we noticed that the tire pressures were super high.
0: Yeah. So the first day, I think I came in, and that was a Saturday. I came in with a lap time of one fifty three. Yes. I think. And you came in with, like, a one...
1: With
0: a 154.4. Oh, so both of us that Saturday beat our previous PBs, as we should, because, again, it's the first real shakedown of the car, and we're getting more and more comfortable with it. And um, I was just like, okay, we're we're moving, you know? The fact that we're able to find two seconds, and, I mean, I had been talking to other people, like, some of the Honda challenge guys and some of the legacy Honda challenge guys like Edo Stepanian. And he was like telling me with a 155 on a stock car, like the way this car is built, that was like a decent time. Not like amazing, but I, I got a good job out of Edo. So for for me, that's a feather in my cap. And, um, we went out, um, that was pretty much as much as we could muster for the first, first day and i do remember a key thing uh on my aim solo lap timer on saturday i was able to get the car up to a top speed of 107 so previously that was a lap time uh or my top speed at the toge to track event was a 100 mile an hour it was like consistently 100 miles an hour so i i was able to you know be more aggressive uh through five and then whatever speed you come out of turn five at big willow it really helps you carry more speed into turn eight and turn eight i mean but Big Willow overall is a bumpy track. It's not smooth, and given our spring rates, like, the the car feels maybe a little bit oversprung for what the track is, especially Big Willow. Like, I think we could have probably benefited from going with the setup that I was thinking of, where it was, um, so currently the car is sitting on 950-pound springs on the front, and 700 in the rear. And the reason is because that's the kit that I bought. Uh, the guy, This is the kit that I purchased from uh, Facebook Marketplace. So that's what I'm running. And I talked to Lee Grant, Lee Grimes from Coney uh, USA. And he was like, yeah, this is kind of like to keep it neutral. Because, again, I want Caroline to be able to be confident in it. Because if you're not confident in, like, how the car handles, like, You know, yeah, great. We we have a good car, but like you're gonna hate it, and then you're not gonna want to drive. And I'm like, well, that just kind of killed the whole thing. And at least, did you feel like the the gains that you got on the gains that you got on Saturday were they more because of you feeling like more aggressive or? Were they um, because you just felt more comfortable with the car?
1: That's feeling more comfortable with the car. Mm. My natural aggressiveness will eventually come out of the closet (laughs) once (laughs) I get a little bit more familiar. Um, But I was just like, hey, I'm familiar with this track. I've done this a couple Mm. times already. I'm familiar with this car. I've done this a couple times already. So having that baseline, it's like, okay, I know where I can push. I just need to, you know, like get more seat time, Mm -hmm. you know, Get out there, use the gas a little bit more, <laughs> break a little bit less the yeah. all the usual things,
0: and I mean the good and i I always tell this to like other people who I talk to you should never feel like you're at a point where you shouldn't ask for help like yes, I am an instructor, but I also am not the fastest guy out there, so anytime that I can get information from like the Honda challenge guys or. Maybe another instructor who's more senior than I am is faster than I am. I, I go ahead and do it, and that really moves us into Sunday. Because Saturday we pretty much ended our uh, the event with our lap times of being the, at a 153 for me, and you did a...
1: 154.
0: Wait, no, I did a 152, I think, was my lap, lap time on Saturday, was it, or... Well, i I'm forgetting now I'm forgetting
1: we must consult with the instagram well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh i I don't think I wrote it down um so yeah um I, I want to say it was like a one fifty three one fifty two some something like that something like that, but that was not our p b that was not our p b which the p b happened the second day so the second day. We we're out there, and mind you, Debbie had, um, was. Debbie is my rabbit. So, Debbie, um, previous to that event, I had gotten data from her to see, like, where I should be. Like, I should be able to chase down Debbie. And Debbie did a 147 previously. So, this event, I figured, all right. Debbie might hit that 147. Maybe she might go faster. Maybe she might go slower. Maybe she's within reach. Nope. Debbie um, went out there and got another fast lap time of 146. So I was like, damn, that's fast. That's like, uh, that's a good gap. So I think, I forget, uh, if I did a 152, um, she's freaking um, I, I suck at math right now because she, <laughs> she was six seconds ahead of me well, i I think it was a 152 um I'll have to consult it but yeah it 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 was um she she just pushed pushed me away like she went out there and handled it and the first day um uh, in the class she got her new track record because. And and, uh, I'm not going to, like, sugarcoat it in our TT6 class. Currently, it's underfilled. So, if you want to come out and race with us in SoCal, (laughs) TT6 has plenty of room. (laughs) Um, So, it's pretty much me and her at this event. Um, Obviously, with COVID restrictions, there's probably people who may want to go but are feeling, you know, a little bit wary about that. And... Yeah, so I came in second. So that that was awesome, coming in second, even though I'm like so far off what it should be in terms of lap time. And this the second day, Sunday, we came back out there, and I was like, okay, like me and um, John from Ninety One Octane were were talking, and we're like. Dude, we need to go faster than the guys from Donut Media. (laughs) Because if you follow Donut Media, which, look, my hat's off to them. They do an amazing job in editing. Their YouTube videos are awesome and whatever. And and they do an awesome job. And they get uh, a lot of views and, you know, credit where credit's due. But they took out their NA Miata which they added a turbo to it they put like seventeen thousand dollars into this uh like five or six thousand dollar miata the don't don't quote me on the exact numbers but they went out there and yes the car was having problems it needed a a catch can or whatnot but he was only able to muster out a lap time of 150 so In my little brushing of my ego, I'm like, dude, I want to beat the Donut Media guy. I want to beat the Donut Media guy. And freaking John was able to get it done on Saturday. And he, I think, did like a 146, like a high 146. I forget. Um, So he beat the Donut Media guy, so he was happy. And I, I think that NA Miata was making like... Something dumb, like 220 something uh wheel horsepower, so like literally more than double the power than this car is. And I'm like, ah, I really want to beat that time just because it's like, yeah, I got you with a car that has <laughs> half the power. And uh, we're both on the same tires, so at least that that was a uh, kind of uh, from what I saw, he's running the 205. Toyo or triple eight Rs, so it, it it was a benchmark, you know, another rabbit to chase that I, I I thought would be an easier rabbit to grab, but the Saturday I wasn't able to, so Sunday we come in, and Sunday we have our setup um, better, better than up. Uh, Caroline and our uh, timing is just way better. We have. Our little RYOBI tire inflator, making sure that we have um, the tire pressures that we agreed on. And I believe we found that if we left the cold tire pressures, because it was still a cold day. Mm -hmm. um, What were our cold tire pressures that we were using to go out? Uh, 28. 28 front?
1: Yeah, 28 front, uh, 28 rear. It was a square setup.
0: All right. So that's what we were running. And... It, it it was working it was working really well so um i still wanted to go faster so if you want to go faster out on the track the smartest way to do it is get an instructor get somebody who's faster than you to teach you what you're doing right what you're doing wrong so previous to this i think caroline and i were very i mean we're still pretty close like the Lap time difference between you and me, I think, was, like, what, two, maybe three seconds at most? Yeah, or abouts. So, what was it? Our biggest um, spot where I think our delta between you and me was um, the top speed. Because my top speed at that time, well, for the event, was on Saturday, which was uh, 107. But I don't know if that was also because I got a tailwind at that time. But um, on Sunday, I got a 102 top speed, and Caroline was doing a 95-mile-an-hour top speed. Mm -hmm. And we figured out what was the difference, and what was it? It was turn eight, right?
1: Turn eight, and then subsequently turn nine.
0: Yeah, because... So again, if you don't have a good run from turn 5, you're not going to get the top speed for turn 8, and turn 8 is a commitment.
1: Yeah, that's the diamond crusher.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz you're you have to be buried in it in this car. And then kind of like and this is where I I got an instructor, uh Patrick, uh professional driver, as many people list him and uh one of the guys that worked at, uh, what was it, Exotics Racing. That's one of the main instructors there. Um, and he um, he took me out. Or rather, he rode passenger with me and gave me like some feedback of what I was doing. And the biggest feedback was for us on turn 9. There's a part between turn 8 and turn 9 where the track kind of straightens out. It just streams out a little bit for like a second. And we were using that as a brake zone because that's what I use on my Silver Civic. That's what I tap the brakes. Obviously, not like a hard tap or whatever.
1: Just to settle the front end of the car a little mm-hmm. bit.
0: And also because you're going into turn nine and it's a scary corner and you kind of want to slow things down. So you like tap the brake a little bit to settle the car. And even then, like, this car going at over 100 miles an hour, you tap the brake, like, it still wanted to wiggle and and jiggle a little bit. Also because it's, like, really, really bumpy. Turn 8 is very bumpy.
1: Yeah, turn 8 in this car feels like you're riding a really bad skateboard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's kind of disconcerting because when you go off onto that little part where it straightens out, you're straightening the car out and the car is already like kind of wiggling a little bit and that's probably due to it being oversprung currently um and you know big willow is just got bad pavement so it, you you can't really fight that much with that con- um uh, with that setup so i was braking there i know you were braking there So what Patrick told us was, hey.
1: Knock it off with the braking.
0: Yeah. And just lift. So imagine, if you will, you're going into a corner that you've always braked for. And now you have to rewire your mind to just lift. And obviously, you can use the gas as a brake by lifting, and it acts the same way because you're sending all the weight forward. But just mentally how it messes with you. It's such a a mental hurdle to be, you know, over a hundred miles an hour in the 93 Civic. (laughs) And the car's kind of like hopping around a little bit. It's wiggly. And then you're going up to what is called pretty much one of the scariest turns in like North America to many drivers turn nine where people have died there Um, and you're just supposed to lift and turn the car in when you're going to be really close to triple digit speeds on a car like this. It's like Caroline said, it's a diamond what'd you say? It's a diamond crusher. (laughs) A diamond crusher. (laughs) So yeah um, I didn't have all the confidence on that one So what I was doing was that I would stay buried, stay buried, and then just, like, as I'm coming out to that straightaway part, I would lift for the entire section. Obviously not lift completely off the gas, like, breathe off of it. And then do the turn-in. Oh, but that was so hard. But with, with the help of Patrick, I did get a 149, which... Gave me the ability to say that I beat the Donut Media guy, and that was awesome because one forty nine, great, awesome. You know, um, yeah, I'm not gonna be Debbie <laughs> with those numbers, but you know, I beat Donut Media, and in the, I I guess the influencer or uh, like media landscape, if you beat another media platform, you know. I can officially say Race FF Pod is faster than uh, Donut Media has uh, set up at Big Willow currently. Although, once they figure it out, I'm sure they're going to blow my car out of the water. And um, after Patrick w- rode with me, I kind of went back and started thinking about, okay, connecting all the things that uh, Patrick was saying. And I was over braking for... Um, Turn 1, turn 5, turn 9. And those were just, like, big freaking time sucks. Like, they they just killed our time. And I think the biggest difference between our lap, our session, how would I say this? Biggest difference from our event uh, with uh, toge to track to the NASA event was the Omega.
1: Yeah. Our That'd minimum so.
0: speed at toge to track, I think, was uh 46 miles an hour. That and was that like was 35. No, you didn't go that slow. Oh. Like, even when, I-, I think even when you were hitting traffic, you weren't going that slow. But what we learned we could do, and par- partially this was, or partly this was with uh. Patrick's help and just being a bit more aggressive was so the car's stock so the final drive is like a 4.3 I forget so the gearing is really really tall for what this car should probably be at which is like a 4.7 or a 4.9 which is in the future what I'd probably end up going with so going up in the Omega when we were in Togo to track we found that With shifting the car down to second, we felt like we had that torque to go up the Omega, right?
1: Yeah. It was the torque to go up the Omega, but we were bouncing it off the limiter.
0: Yeah, so we were handicapping our speed. And then what did we do for um, the NASA event? We went went in a little
1: hotter, had a little bit more momentum, and kept it in mid-ish range. Like, slightly higher than mid-range third.
0: Yeah, so... We found that if we could keep the car in third going up the Omega, and, I mean, so I'm coming out of turn two in third gear at about, like, pretty much getting ready to um, bounce off the limiter. So we would tap the brake and just kind of, like, turn the car in as hard as we could. To keep that momentum in, and it's like, dude, as soon as you you get off the gas and like just set it up for that corner, we lose so much RPM. And when this car goes below like 4.5 or 4,000 RPM, you are parked. And it's something that uh, you, you learned uh, to appreciate really well, right?
1: Yep. I've learned to appreciate having a car with squirrel powers and horsepower. Um, but yeah, it also just makes you focus. It's like, okay, on this tachometer, I'm going to put a little red mark in my brain. Don't go under four.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the car is so much more uh, compliant and more happy when we're above 4,000, four I think it's probably the best number. And, yeah, the the car is just at, at its happiest at that point. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we figured out what gear we want to be in. And overall, I think it was a very successful event. And during that event, I did beat that 149 and brought the car down to a 148.05. And I knew I messed up turn five. I overbroke for it. And I was like, damn it. I would have been at the 147, which would have given me a fighting chance to, like, you know, get closer to Debbie. And then what did Debbie do on Saturday? She said, nah, bro. Laters and smashed out a 144. I was like, oh, man. So Debbie now has the... TT six lap record because she, she killed it and you know what um, I'm happy to see uh, Debbie improving her lap times and really going faster and faster because when I do beat her, I do want it to be a PB for her. I want to beat her at her best, you know, and that's really what I think people should have their kind of outlook with uh, fellow competitors. You don't want to like. It's a hollow victory to me to beat someone because they have, like, oh, a mechanical issue or, oh, they they spun out or there was an error or whatever it is. Like, you want to beat your competition at your best because, like, ultimately that's the biggest uh, compliment you could get is saying that you beat your competition at their best. And it really goes back to saying that you are really doing good. And you know, I I think it's a it's a more um, it's a more fulfilled victory when you do that. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from the event? That don't
1: drive when your allergies are going full berserk. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you you were struggling on that. Uh,
1: Yeah. Sunday. Sunday was a bit of a struggle bus. Um, with all the winds and the dust and everything like blowing around, my, Mm -hmm. like, just, I was not having it. Um, first session went by okay, but I had slowed down to like 201's, 202's. I was already a little bit frustrated to start the day. Yeah. Second session, I'm like, you know what? Drop the first one. Let's just try this new. Um, Still was like at the two minute marker, and I'm like, This is this is super dumb. Like, I'm, having, I'm not
0: having a good day. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh, third session was when um, Patrick rode with me as well,
0: yeah. Because right after my session with Patrick, yeah, uh, we bugged uh, him and Patrick, he went out with you.
1: yeah. For the record, Patrick is also my very first NASA instructor ever mm-hmm. when I still had the Mini Cooper mm-hmm. um, over Button Buttonwillow. Doing thirteen clockwise, and his hand was literally on my knee, going like "Go faster!" <laughs> like
0: pushing your knee down. Exactly. And that, that's like a joke that I've heard from someone else. Like they were having an issue with taking the corner flat out, and he's like, "Oh, I don't think it's, I I can handle it flat out. I don't think the car will handle it." into instructor at the time like this is someone else so they like held their knee down yeah and forced the guy to go um flat out and this was with a guy who was trying to go in through like a race school and actually be competitive so it, it, it's it, you i wouldn't do that with like a beginner student just because it's like dude that's that's harsh. <laughs> but... No, he,
1: he did that with me my first session out ever on a racetrack. <laughs> he's like, I can tell you're more composed. You can go faster, and I'm like, I'm going 65. He's like, we're we're aiming for 90.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that goodness. that like for uh, beginner students is such a weird thing to like see how how fast you can actually go out on the racetrack. So yeah, um,
1: but. Anyway, so third session, I went out with Patrick and I'm just like, you know what? Maybe I just need like a second opinion. I'm stuck in my own head and whatever. It's always nice to get whenever you see yourself not improving or you're just kind of like you're in a mood. You're like, I can do better, but I'm stuck. That's where it helps to bring in an instructor. It's one of those things where it's like throw your own ego and pride out the door and always ask for help because you don't know what you don't know at the end of
0: the day. Exactly.
1: So, uh, Patrick hopped in the passenger seat and I'm like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. These are the things I want to improve. He's like, okay, you got a whole laundry list. Let's focus on like two or three
0: things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as braking goes, because Jaime mentioned that a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, he and I have the exact almost opposite issue with braking. Um, he has a tendency to brake a little too hard, whereas yeah. I have a tendency to stretch out my braking a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's just a matter of finding like that median between him and I in terms mm-hmm. of our combined breaking style. Yeah. So we went out and first lap, he's like, okay, let's just see. I want to see what you normally do for like a couple laps. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, I'm not going to comment. We're just going to go. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then the third lap, he's like, okay, try doing this, try doing this, try doing that. And uh, he did put his hand on my knee and push it down. <laughs> again. Um, I think it was just more for the memory at that point. Yeah. But, um, it was specifically with turn nine. It was five and nine that he's like, these are the two areas you can easily improve. Mm-hmm. So turn five, he's like, you break a little too early. Just like be a little bit firmer and be a little bit more aggressive with your turn. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can do that. That one's pretty easy. Turn eight, Diamond Crusher. I'll eventually go flat out i'm currently like 90 percent on the gas just because yeah. it's a mental cushion <laughs> um and then turn nine it was like okay i know you're braking just lift and turn the car in
0: that's such a mental like
1: and it was such a mental like Oh, my goodness. Like, all the fears of, like, am I going to be testing these airbags? (laughs) Airbag. Airbag. Singular. Oh, yeah. The singular airbag. Like, (laughs) in my mind, I'm just like, there's no roll cage in this car. Like, there's a ditch on the inside. Like, all the thoughts. (laughs) Um, And Patrick would grab the wheel, and he would just turn it ever so slightly from the position that I was holding the wheel. The car did completely fine. And I'm like, we didn't die.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just overcoming that mental hurdle of, like, Going from breaking to no breaking. I mean that's that's such a like a mind fuck, if you will.
1: Yeah, so with that, I think it was on the I don't remember which lap.
0: That was your third session. Yeah. But yeah, the lap I, I I don't remember. I think it was like yeah. your sixth or something.
1: Um I cooked out a new PB of one fifty three point one six. Um So there's still a difference between Jaime and I of roughly, like, four or five seconds. Um, So that just will come with sea time. I'll fill it in.
0: Yeah, it it was your ninth lap, now that I'm looking
1: at the table. And I got moved into HPD4.
0: Yeah, congrats on that. That is, like, that's such a huge, huge thing. Because, you know, HPD4 is pretty much you're ready to... You're ready for TT. Yeah, you're ready for TT. And also um, that day I was supposed to be doing the racing school. But since I have done it previously, I spoke to the competition director. And since I've been in good standing with NASA competing and doing all the things, um, they pretty much told me, yeah, you're still good. Um, You don't have to take the course again. Just uh, fill out your medical form and your application, and you're good to go. So I'm ready for Honda Challenge H4 when the time comes. And from what the timeline that we're looking at to get all the safety stuff installed into the car, we're looking at about um, maybe the second to last event of uh, 2021 to be my first race.
1: Yeah, that'll be your first race. Um, I'm going to try to get signed off for TT at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and then that way we'll follow our setup.
1: Yep. So and you'll be rocking Honda Challenge 4. I'll be in TT6. It'll be the yeah. shared platform. And rock it from there.
0: Yeah. And with that, you know, it's already been pretty much an hour. So um, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening and um, currently, to keep you guys updated, uh, I need to get the car smogged. <laughs> and uh, uh, don't worry, Chris, I'm not I'm, I'm not talking crap. But um, yeah, so it's been a little bit of a, a not a headache, but just like a minor annoyance. The Civic didn't pass smog, and it's not because it's got like all kinds of aftermarket stuff. Is because it's got 313,000 miles and it was on the original CAT. It just barely passed or barely failed. So I ended up uh, today just installing the new catalytic converter, a brand new one, uh, California compliant because I live in California, so it has to be CARB uh, compliant. So I can't get the cheap ones from like the federal regulations one. And this installed, um, so once I get the car or the smog done, then I can take the car to the dyno to go ahead and fix the lean issue so that we can run the car at Auto Club with um, 91 octane. Yeah, and this car
1: on the bank is not going to be fun. Yeah, I'm just gonna be on the bottom. I'm like, hi, I'm taking the slow line. <laughs> you know, the one that people like NASCAR people use to like go into the pits. So, yeah, that's well, my uh, race line. <laughs>
0: um, on these cars, it would actually be the preferred line. So yeah, but we will be talking to you guys more uh, about uh, different setups, and hopefully, I'll be getting some guests to come in, and you guys don't have to hear about my me and my crappy little uh, clapped out eg. But either way. Um thank you guys for listening and um uh please like and subscribe um whatever platform you're listening to and uh yeah follow Kelvin's uh build on his uh YouTube channel. Um yeah that's pretty much it. So thank you. Bye guys <laughs> i yeah. yeah.